Hey there and welcome to ATL and 29, a Peachtree Hoops pod where we look at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. Uh, I'm here with Tyler Jones. We're recording on a Sunday early before the Falcons game. What are you expecting from the Falcons today? It could be a bye week for all I know. Uh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> it's irrelevant. Uh, I'm off the Falcons narcotic. Uh, they, they, what, what happens from a week to week basis doesn't matter to me. Only thing I care about with them is Julio Jones doing well. So hopefully he has a big game, but outside of that, you know, they can, they can lose every game of the season. <laughs> all right. Uh, on to a team maybe with a little bit more hope. Maybe not. The Hawks. Uh, they played their two preseason home games right off the bat. They've got three coming on the road. They lost both of them at home on Monday and Wednesday. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the results there, but where I really want to start is trying to figure out the rotation a little bit and the style of play and who's going to be playing with who. With whom? With who? With whom? I guess it's with whom, right? And I want to go to a quote where I think Lloyd Pierce maybe tipped a little bit, tipped his hand a little bit. Yesterday, Chris Kirshner asked him about Jabari and defense, which I think is a good question. I think, you know, Jabari's been fine on defense through two games. You know, nothing special, but also, you know, nothing that screams huge liability. He's been in a lot of switching lineups, and that's something that Pierce says he plans to continue to use. In fact, he'll probably be in switchier lineups where they switch more than just two through four. Um, But he mentioned who would be in those lineups with him. Uh, And so let me play that clip. You know, the surprising thing is that people say that he was a a plus in a one-off rating last year. Look at the analytics. He was on the court. They gave up 110 points. When he was off the court, they gave up 116. So, you know, some of those things you got to dig in a little bit deeper. It's not as not he's an offensive player with an unbelievable skill set, but he's not the reason. You know, the team he's been on has struggled. And I just think that's what it, when any great offensive player they're not known as a defensive player. Uh, but he's a guy that. Uh, because of his versatility, he's going to be in a lot of switching with John and DeAndre and Cam. And I think more than anything, this is a new role with us, new communication with them. They just have to get better together while they're on the play. And that'll help us and them defensively. All right. So Pierce said that Parker is going to be in switchy lineups with John and DeAndre and Cam. Now, the one that really kind of made my ears perk up was hearing him say John since you know we're essentially talking about the starting power forward and the backup power forward uh it's been weird through the preseason you know when when Pierce has talked about it he keeps saying you all say that you want to see John at the five and it's like I don't remember anybody actually saying that but okay um a lot of people are saying that. A lot of people are saying that, but not 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 to him when we're talking to him face to face. So I guess he just hears the overall static beyond the scrums because nobody. I don't think anybody's asked him that in the scrums yet, for sure. Well, that might be true, but the national, the I mean, the national discussion around John is that he's a five. So I I would imagine that he gets it a lot. Uh, 
it might not be from <laughs> here. All right. All right. You know, but but uh, you know, any any national podcast that you listen to, it's pretty pervasive that they consider John Collins to be a just a either a, a small ball five or a pure five, and not really suited for the four, just based on the way he plays, because he's not a. I mean, he's not he's not one of these stretchy fours, you know, like a a Morris twin or or, or you know, in that mode. He, he he's very traditional in the way that he scores as a big, and that's why people are like, well, you know, just play him at the five to get the the most out of him offensively. But you know, if you watch, since we as people who watch the Hawks regularly know that John, it kind of doesn't matter what position he plays, just due to his, you know strength, athleticism, all that good stuff. I don't want to hamper the point. He can play either the four or the five is what I'm rambling to get to. But uh, I, I would imagine Lloyd Pierce hears that, you know, people want to see John at the five more, a lot more than, you know, what what it'll come across from the local media, put it that way. Okay. Uh, I wonder if he listens to some general NBA podcast that – and what he listens to, that would be interesting. <laughs> What's the playlist? Uh, but I digress. Good question. Yeah, maybe I should ask that. You should ask you... him next one, yeah. I could catch him when he's in a good mood and on a good day. So he said that, you know, there's three preseason games coming up. Monday versus the Heat, Wednesday versus the Knicks, which is a national TV game. Uh, how you get Knicks Hawks on national TV in the preseason uh, kind of leaves me a little bit speechless, but again, I digress. And then Thursday against the Bulls, he said yesterday that he expects Monday or Wednesday to be essentially a dress rehearsal. I don't think Thursday will be just because it's the second half of the back-to-back. It's not the one that's on national TV. Uh, so... You know, very soon I think we're, we're going to get a sense of what the rotation is. But just in hearing him talk about Jabari, you know, my mind's clicking. The gears are going. Whatever whatever gears are left up there. Uh, and I'm trying to piece it together. You know, what what is this rotation going to look like? Is it going to be, you know, gosh, I asked Pierce the other day, is he going to use a deep rotation? And he said no. And I kind of he kind of made it sound like it would be smaller than 10. So if it's like a nine-person rotation, what does this look like? How do we get there? I mean, I don't, I don't think it's. Well, one, it's gonna be tough. Well, one, all this is way too hard <laughs> to really pierce together because two guys in the rotation haven't played a single minute of preseason. Yeah, but you know what their and roles Kevin are. Kevin Herter, kind of. Kevin Herter and Evan Turner. I mean, we know what their role, but we don't know what how they look. Um, okay. How they look together and just the general feel for the team. It's been kind of a mismatch. It's like, it's really hard to take too much away from these preseason games when, you know, the second their rotations come in and you see Charlie Brown and Bruno Fernando playing alongside uh, Damian Jones. It, you know, it's, it's been, and Vince Carter playing the three. Like, it, it's, it's been an odd rotation. Um, sure. So, of guys who you know, either aren't going to be in the rotation or are playing out of position. So, like, it, it would be nice to see Evan Turner, who who would patch a lot of things up in the rotation currently, just just based on his theoretical role as a backup point guard. And then also, 
uh, Kevin Herter, who, you know, probably projects to be the third best player on the team at the moment. So it'd be nice to see them in at least one, you know, one or two games just to get a real feel for what Pierce is trying to do. But I'm not, uh, you know, he might go nine. I don't know. I I don't trust anything what coaches say uh, in the preseason. Like, you know, they – They'll say one thing, uh, like like you said. They, he said a, he said a lot of John Collins is a four. He's going to play the four primarily as a four, and he's playing a lot of minutes as a backup five in this preseason. So, I think I think they're in experimentation mode during this preseason. They're doing a lot of doing a lot of different things than what they did last year. And so, like I'm not calling Pierce a liar or anything. That it's going to be a short rotation, but. I'm only going to go off what he did last year where he played. He went 11-12 deep really early um, in his rotation. And just due to the fact that the Hawks have a lot of guys who can play NBA minutes right now in Vince Carter, in Chandler Parsons if he's available, in um, Alan Crabb if he's available, and then plus, you know, Bembry, Hunter, Reddish, Turner, Parker. Like, it's just a lot of guys who can play. Um, at, or who, who project to be in a NBA rotation this season. And so it, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how all this kind of settles around uh, the middle of November, like if we're 10 to 15 games into the season, what the rotation looks like. Come on, you're supposed to be my Seuss there and help me figure this out. You're just kind of punting. I, I want answers. Well, I'm not punting. I, I, what's, I what's the best I guess? Suspect, I, would sus- I would suspect... It's matchup dependent. I would suspect there are going to be uh, okay. lineups where Parker and Collins are playing together, uh, depending on what the other team is doing. Uh, this is something I actually talked about with Brad on the podcast. On Why do you always podcast. have to bring up Brad? My boy. But anyway, um, something I brought up was that, uh, you know, if they're going to play John at the five, they probably either going to, should do, do it against five that aren't as, you know, physical, who aren't really big or physical, like a Jaleel Okafor, who was giving John a couple problems um, on the glass. Like, they, they're going to want to play play him against, you know, the, the smaller fives, like Al, an Al Horford type um, or a Thon McCore type. Uh, those types of those types of fives are where you really want to get John so that you can have a physical adma- advantage against the teams. And that's where you could see John Collins and Jabari Parker uh in the front court together, which which is something I would suspect they do just due to the fact that they're both two of the more talented offensive players on the team, and you know they, I, you know, it, I'm not really too like the defense is going to be interesting with that lineup, but based on what they've done this preseason, which has been a lot of switching, I think that'll be the benefit for both of those guys, just based on their track record in this league of you know not really being. They're not traditional big men in that sense, and they, they're better – like, both of them have the feel of being better just moving their feet and defending that way instead of reading and reacting. I have so many questions. All right, so I'm taking Pierce when he mentions DeAndre. At least for now, I'm going to assume that that's Bembry. Not that Hunter couldn't be in that role, too. Uh Certainly something that he could do is play with the bench, switch a lot. He can handle that. But, I mean, I think that's how Bembry gets his minutes once Herter's back and Herter's starting at the two spot. Um, you know, I think Bembry's the one that they might trust to guard point guards. 
but also guard point guards in a lineup where he could switch on almost anybody. I mean, they had they had Bembry switching on to Zion in the first game. They were switching two through four. Bembry was the two. There were a bunch of times where they just put Bembry on Zion. I don't know if that's because they weren't knowing what to expect out of Zion's first game or they thought Bembry could handle it. Certainly a, a big size discrepancy there. So when the shot went up, it was a little nerve-wracking to try to watch Bembry rebound with Zion, but... Uh, you know, I think that's the player they're talking about. But how do you get John out of the game early then? If John's going to play with the bench, if John's going to play five, and he's starting at power forward, you know, how do you do that in between part? You know, like that the Hawks used to, you know, do the same thing with Horford. They'd pull him early in the game. They'd put in Paro, uh, and then they'd bring Horford back early for a second stint with the bench players. Uh, how do you get John out of the game early if you're going to use him in that in that bench five role? Well, I think I feel like um, Laurie Pierce was doing something similar last season. In general, I I think John Collins the way he plays, he's because he plays so hard and he plays so frantic. He's not somebody you want to play for extended periods of time, right? That's because a good he, point. He, he he tires he tires fairly. He will tire too early, right. um, and so I would just suspect that they have a plan with John where he plays in six-minute intervals um, and then gets a break. You know, he's probably going to be the first guy coming off for Jabari. Um, so you think it might be Jabari? That, just, just, yeah, just um, and really, it's just more for for how he plays the game of basketball. Like his style of play is all about effort, intensity, hustle. For John, and you know, if you want to maximize that without compromising the defense, because that that is something to be that's something to look out for with John. Um, when he gets tired, he gets lazy on defense. His closeouts become um, pretty pretty meek right. in general. Tran- transition defense too. Yeah, and and he he'll 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 fall behind on the play going for you know offensive rebounds. He doesn't really have a chance for when he, when he's really exhausted. Right. And so that's something I think the team knows. And so that's, that's why I would suspect that John would probably the first, not only would be the first guy to come off the bench, because also on these bench units, he could prop up the offense playing the five. Right. Um, you know, without Trey Young on the floor. Like, you don't necessarily need Trey on the floor uh, if you've got John Collins out there. Because we've seen John Collins be able to score with or without Trey Young during his career. And so that, that should be able to ease the offensive burden of not having a traditional backup point guard out there. Yeah. Uh, and Alex Lenz, the starter, right? No question. Absolutely. Absolutely. By far, by far the best. I mean, he's been, to me, he's been, he's looked really good on both ends. Uh, he's moving pretty well. Yes. Uh, you know, and that, that's He's healthier. That's I mean, not, uh, yeah. He looks healthy. I, I, like he, he might, he might have injuries or soreness, but he, he does. Looks, he looks I mean, great I, I, I asked him, you know, the other day how he's feeling, and he's like, uh, he said that his ankle, left ankle, still bother him a little bit, but he made it sound like his back was feeling better, and I think that was a big one from last season. Yeah, but um, he's move. I mean, he might have an ankle problem, but he's moving his feet pretty well. Uh, really on defense, it's. You know, I think I think Alex Lynn's going to be really good um, this upcoming season. He's going to be in a great role, and 
you know, I'm excited for him because, you know, it's his free eight, it's his contract year. And I think he has a chance to make himself a lot of money uh, by the way that he plays uh, this season. And for the centers, you know, when they play the traditional center, it seems like all they've used so far is just kind of a drop pick and roll coverage. Like they're, they're switching two through four, but when the center's in the action, it's just kind of drop and recover or just drop. And that's something that yeah. he can do all right, right? Yeah, I mean, that that fits with when Alex Glenn. Now, I think they can do more stuff with either Bruno or Damian just because they're, they're a bit quicker than Alex. But, um, you know, Alex Glenn, hit, I mean, he's just huge. Like, he's just a, he's a big guy. There's, there's no real reason to have him, you know, come up and, you know, try to trap up on the pick and roll or stuff like that. You know, you, right. you want him around on the rim and really – you want him there both to defend the rim and also to grab, you know, defensive rebound uh, when the shot goes up. And that's, you know, that's something he's both pretty good at. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, they haven't really diversified it for, for Bruno or Damian either, right? I mean, it seems like those guys have just played. I mean, I guess Bruno's been the four, and so they've switched him in those situations. But when he's been the center... Actually, he's been confused. I should. <laughs> I think he made the wrong decision a couple times. Let's not read into anything that he's done so far because he probably just he, he's still trying to figure it out. Yeah, that's probably how. That's how I do it. So I've been the raw the raw talent with Bruno there. It's, yeah, you know he's for sure. He's got great. He's got great feet and he's got good hands um, in general. Pretty good. Um, um, blocking and like he's got he's just got good defensive instincts in general and so he's been you know the talent is clearly there but you can also see that you know he, he's not he's not ready he's trying to think his he, way through the game very deliberately yeah. and slowly well he was a lot better game two yeah. just playing more more to his athleticism and to his strengths where game one it felt like everything was going by by him way too quickly right um, but that's fair. He, he's a prospect. He's a prospect, and he's some somebody worth monitoring. I would suspect that towards the end of the season, or I, I would suspect eventually he'll be a mainstay in the rotation. But early on, I, it's probably going to go to Damian Jones um, early. So, how do you use Damian Jones then? He's not going to get the Kendrick Perkins, you know, four minute star, right? No, uh, okay. but I mean, so then. I could, I mean, they're, I mean, they're going to use them, you know, when Alex Lynn, you know, against bigs that, you know, Damian Jones would have to defend against, uh, you know, like-sized big men who John can't handle at the five. They'll, they'll get Damian Final out there. And I, I haven't been, I haven't, Damian Jones has been fine. It, it's, it, it's just hard. Um, you know, it's just kind of hard to evaluate any of these guys during preseason, but, uh, he he was also better in game two than he was in game one. Game one was kind of a disaster for him. Uh, but, you know, the, you can clearly see the talent in the finishing. The finishing at the rim is definitely there. Right. Um, he's a really good finisher around the rim. And I, I do like his, like his three-point shot from the corner. At the very least, he's willing to shoot it, even if he's not completely wide open. Right. Which, that that's the most important thing, because uh, that'll definitely drag the big man out. And that'll free up uh, driving lanes for the other guys. So that's really, that's really where his strength lies in right now. I, I would, I wish he was a better uh, defensive rebounder overall. Um, but 
you know, maybe, maybe he can improve on that uh, during this season. It doesn't, in watching him for a couple games, and again, this is a stupid, ridiculous, like, two-game sample, but it doesn't feel like he's making anybody miss shots at the rim. Like, he's kind of there, and he's kind of contesting, but it's just kind of like they make it anyways. Uh, He had a couple good contests on Zion game one. He's, he's had some good contests. I mean, he's had, some, he's he had a couple blocks, been, but it doesn't... He's, f- he's, he's had some good contests. He's also been, like, his footwork's been off on defense sometimes where he gets, he gets, uh, like, he just gets beat too easily sometimes. It's... I mean, it's also hard. Like, it's not like he's played that much in general. This is my first time really watching him play. Um, it's, it's in general, it's been a mi- mixed bag, and there's just not, there's not enough evidence with him. But uh, when he's like to me, when he's in position, he's looked good. The, 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 the issue has been him consistently being in position. Uh, game one, he just wasn't in position. Um, like he was just, he wasn't in a defensive stance at all. Uh, during any like during the majority of possession, possessions that that featured him, like he was just standing straight up. The the first big Zion dunk where he got dunked on happened because he basically uh, backscreened John Collins uh, by not being where he needed to be as a defender. <laughs> like it, that was that was on him. It's like right. dude, you have to like that's Zion Williamson. You got to be on your P's and Q's, or you're gonna get embarrassed. Which ended up happening to him. Um, so that that's why it was good to see in game two. He was consistently in a stance. He was moving his feet. He was, you know, he was involved in the defense. The guys were communicating a lot better uh, game two. And I think it showed overall with how well they defended as a team defensively in game two compared to game one. But uh, Damien, like Damien's a, I mean, he's a, he's a, another pro. He's, I mean, he's a project big. He's ultimately still a rookie. He hasn't. He's played, I, I believe, less than a thousand minutes in the NBA uh, right. during his career. Uh, so it's like they're going to give him every chance to succeed or fail early on, and we'll, we'll see with him. But you know, it, like I said before, it's been a mixed bag. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly going to get. Even if you play John at the five, there's going to be some, you know. Going into the break between first and second quarter, third and fourth quarter, there's going to be some times where he might get one of those two halves, you know, especially if somebody's in foul trouble or they're playing against a big team. Orlando's such an awful matchup for the Hawks. <laughs> it's just astounding. <laughs> like, they, I don't, I don't it's just agree. bad for John Collins. It's just. I don't agree with that. I, I rewatched the game. John Collins was playing like a dummy. Like, I, I, there was no other way to describe it. Like, there were multiple times he had. He had um, Jonathan Isaac beat. Oh, I mean, that was – but even when he plays a good make, game against Orlando, it's it's hard for him. But that, that yeah, was the worst but, game I he's mean, ever played. I mean, that was awful. Yeah, yeah, and it, he was bad because he was just – I mean, it was just one of those games where it just – every decision you make is wrong. But he he had he, – he did – like, it was, it was weird to watch John have his man beat, but then kind of – like, it was just multiple times where he had Isaac beat, but instead of going to where Isaac wasn't, he would just he – would, he would try to challenge him vertically where instead of, you know, either doing a pump fake or, or a ball fake. Like, it, like, if he plays smarter – like, I feel like if he watches the film, he's going to see what I saw, and he'll be fine the next time they play. But it, it, was, a, it was an interesting experience for John, no doubt, uh, that game against Orlando. 
I mean, even when he would kind of get the edge on Isaac, though, it was, I don't know. I don't think, I don't feel like Orlando respected the Hawks shooters at all. Like, if he was the role man, you know, Alex Len was out in the corner, Cam Reddish was out in the corner, and they weren't really guarding either one of those. I mean, it felt like the other defenders. I mean, yeah, they gave up, they gave up a bunch of open threes that the Hawks missed. Like, I'm not. Right. They'll make those more often than not. So, like, that's not a. I'm not. I'm not worried about that. I, I didn't feel like the Magic played good defense overall. I think the Hawks just. I mean, that's that's been the case of both preseason games where they're just giving the ball away carelessly. Yeah. Um, whether that be Trey Young, Trey Young is probably the prime example. Uh, problem child numero uno, where he's been reckless with the basketball when when he doesn't have to be. Right. Uh, you know, I think that's, that's something Pierce talked about. Um, where he just needs to keep his dribble and stop jump passing, uh, because yes. he, I mean, he he's having he 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 like against the Magic. The Magic had no they they weren't stopping him. Was stopping himself by taking himself out of the play by by stopping his dribble. And so again, that's something that you know they watch the film. They they can see all the careless mistakes they had. I'm not like I, I didn't feel like the Magic were doing anything special defensively. Um, it was a it was a bunch of that when they didn't give the ball away they were getting the shots they wanted which was to me more important uh, than even making it at this point because again it's preseason like who cares yeah I don't know I'm still nervous I mean I, even going to the point of Trey Young you know he's supposed to gnash his dribble and keep it alive on the baseline but it's a lot harder when the guys who are guarding the def- you know guys who are supposed to be defending the, your corner shooters are just sag way way in towards the basket there's just so much less real estate and Orlando's so big that it just felt like he didn't have a whole lot of options like he usually does I mean he missed he just made stupid decisions too but I think he felt pressure just because there's just so much less space I, I'm very nervous about shooting this season that Orlando game I did, did, did not I guess I guess I guess we we are we are completely at odds on this one I'm not worried about the shooting at all I think that's going to be a clear strength for them. Um, these their their jump shots look really good um, from Alex Lynn to DeAndre Hunter in particular, um, especially as an open catch and shoot guy. DeAndre Hunter looks oh, really I'm, good as a I'm, shooter. I'm not doubting Hunter. I mean, I, I'm uh, talking Cam about Red, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish stroke looks good. I'm not. Their three point shooting is going to come around. Like that's not a concern for me, especially when Herder comes back. Like that's going to be a real weapon for this team. Um, I am like, if teams are going to willingly give up open corner threes to the Hawks, they're going to pay dearly for it, uh, during this season. I think that's going to be a strength. Like, I think their shooting is going to be a strength, uh, just based on, based on really what I've seen with Hunter. Uh, I'm, I'm, that's, that's I'm fine with Hunter. Yeah. Hunter, Hunter's got it. Hunter, hundred percent. He's, he's going to be an amazing three point shooter. I don't think teams even now have fully adjusted to Len shooting. I think they're kind of just, you know, they're going to give it to him. And I guess he, he's, he's going to punish teams. He'll shoot 40% from the corners, which, you know, is going to be good. But Reddish looks okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not as, he, Hunter is a different case. Reddish is going to be fine in the long run, but I don't think teams are going to guard him early on. Bembry, I mean, it seems like he's going to be out there. We haven't even put Turner into the equation yet. And Parker, like Parker, Parker, I like his approach to shooting threes. Like he's gotten to the point where if he's open, he's going to shoot it. That's great. He's not making, and he doesn't look like his shot doesn't look great. 
I mean, he's missing them, but it's also the misses themselves don't look like great shots. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little nervous about Parker. I'm nervous what it's going to look like when Evan Turner's in there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have no worries about Hunter. And I have no worries, really, about Alex Len either. Uh, but I still think, you know, once you get beyond that, once you get to, you know, Bembry, Parker, Turner, you know, if you put two or three of those guys on the court at the same time, that's when I'm going to be nervous. And that's where I like what they're doing with their offense in general. Um, this, I guess they're running just a lot of three-man weaves at the top of the key. Right. Uh, to get to get guys going downhill, I, I think I think a strength for this team is going to be getting to the free throw line. Um, you see it you see it a lot with Bembry, um, you know, especially when he has a mismatch, he's attacking the guy and getting getting good shots at the rim and getting fouled. And I can see Parker, both Parker and Turner, really excelling in that role. If the Hawks are going to continuously, uh, you know, do three man weaves to get to get uh, mismatches for the ball handler, I think that's going to be a strength, uh, which is getting to the free throw line and uh, you know getting into the paint and collapsing the defense and getting a good look for for a shooter who, who would be on the floor, depending on who's there. Uh, Parker is interesting. I've always liked his shot. And if he's just, if he, as long as he's shooting it, that's more important to me. Um, Cause I, I think he just has the, the shooting talent to shoot around 35%. Yeah. Um, I, that, that, that's just, that's my, that's just my overall feel with Parker as a shooter. Evan Turner is a known non-entity. It, it's going to be interesting with Bembry, though, because um, he the one the couple that he shot um, in the preseason he looked good. Like overall, Bembry has looked good this preseason. I'd say um, the thing with him is that you know this is the first offseason really where he's had a chance to be healthy. Yeah. Um, if you remember last offseason, he had that weird wrist yep. injury, something that he couldn't do summer league, and it kind of held him out throughout the offseason. He couldn't really do what he needed to do as a shooter. Um, so just like, I mean, just his free throw shooting just looked a lot better than it was last year. Um, and so it'll, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how he does on open catch and shoot threes because if he can hit a decent clip, they'll be fine um, because teams aren't going to guard teams aren't gonna guard him. Now, um, it's interesting that you say that you know, teams are guarding Reddish. I don't know about that. I think his reputation is of a shooter. Like, I think teams really do respect his jumper. Uh, right. They're closing out on him fairly early. He's, he's, take, he's doing a really good job of taking advantage of that and getting to the rim um, and then making plays oh, with sure. the ball in his hands. He, he's, I mean, Cam's looked Cam's look good overall. You know, he's had his jumper blocked a couple times uh, due to his low release point. But to be fair to him, this is really the first amount of basketball he's played since what march april yeah uh it's it's been a while and so he's that's he, right he, he i mean for a guy for a guy who hasn't played basketball at all basically until october he's to me he's looked pretty good and you could just see the talent with him um i think i think as an open catcher shoe guy he's going to be really good this season uh for the hawks he was you know at duke he was just the he was the only shooter on the team really he was the best he was by far the best shooter on the team and he was like a 30 percent three-point shooter um i think here in atlanta that's not going to be the case uh, and also i i would suspect that 
Um, they're gonna they're gonna play him alongside Trey Young as often as possible as well. Um, he and Hunter just because they're rookies and you know they they don't you know they want to ease those guys transition into the league as best they can and you know there's no better way to do that than playing alongside Trey Young. Yeah, I, I I think I feel that more for Hunter than for Reddish just because I think they want the Reddish to have the ball a little more. I think they want to see what they have in terms of a playmaker. So I think he'll play a little bit more without Trey and with the bench and get some opportunities to 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 feel his way out, to, to run some pick and rolls. But, yeah. I, but I, let me let me just say this, because um, this is something me and Brad were talking about. I think Trey's going to have the ball in his hands a lot less this season based on what they're doing this preseason. Um, right. Like I, I don't think I don't think the offense is going to be as Trey centric as it was last year. It, it looks like they're they're moving into a more egalitarian uh, style scheme where uh, you know you'll see you'll see other guys run the offense. You'll see Trey Young give the ball up fairly early in the offensive set and you know do some stuff off the off the ball. And that's something they weren't doing last year. Last year was just primarily a lot of high pick and roll with Trey Young and the bigs. And, and that makes sense. Off that. that makes total sense just because of the roster that they've put together compared to what they have. I mean, when you're playing Torian Prince and Deadman, I mean, those are guys you want out there to shoot. You don't want them to do a whole lot else. Uh, and now it's it's very much more of a a playmaker's lineup, especially if you're using Collins at the five. You're using Parker, Turner, Bembry. I mean, these are all reddish these are all guys you want to have and hunter these are all guys you want to have have the ball in their hands some i mean that 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 makes total sense and this is where i really wish herder was playing because I, I would suspect that herder would be too. running a lot of the offense yeah um alongside trey and with trey out of the game uh, so that that's been that's been probably the the bigger disappointment that we haven't seen herder um in this new scheme because I, I that that's the guy i'm most intrigued by um, coming into the season based on, you know, if he did get stronger, like how, how that's going to translate uh, to his offensive game. Right. On a scale from 1 to 10, how excited should I be about DeAndre Hunter? Uh, I'm a I'm a 10. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Looks, he looks incredible. I mean, yeah. he's just... Uh, he's just so fundamentally sound on really both ends of the floor. He makes the right decisions with the ball in his hands. Uh, he has a lot more ball skills than, than you know, he he got credit for coming into the into the NBA. You know, we've seen him run, you know, getting downhill on the pick and roll. He looks good. Yes. Um, you know, teams teams that don't respect him as an offensive player and put their worst defender on him are going to pay for it, especially if that guy is small and weak. Like he's he's just going to go through them. Um, yes. And he's done that. He's done that consistently um, in these uh, first two games, and the jumper looks. I mean, there's not much else to say about his jump shot. It looks great. Like, it's, <laughs> like it, it's a high release. Yeah. He gets it out with plenty of time, um, and he's confident. All his misses look great. Uh, he's willing to take it out of the pick and roll. Like, he's willing to take it off the dribble and transition. Like, if he's open, he's shooting it. Uh, and then he has a pretty good – like, he'll do that. Um, he has a pretty good two – Anything more than two dribbles for uh, Hunter is probably an issue with him. But, you know, those first two dribbles look pretty great uh, 
all things considered, when he when he's making a decision. He's a very he's just a smart basketball player on the offensive end. And defense, I mean, he's like he, he has great footwork, great hands, he doesn't foul. Uh, and you know, I think the biggest boon for this Hawks defense this this season will be him and John just switching three four three four every every time. Like that's just gonna that's gonna clean up so much of the problems that they were having last year where John couldn't really switch at all uh due to the personnel on the floor and that really hampered what they could do defensively. Like that just that just limited their options. Now that they have the option of just being able to functionally switch those two guys and Hunter looked good defending big men. Like we saw him defend Vucevic a couple of times in the post and he looked good doing it. Um just, you know, using his length, using his strength and not getting bowled over. Like that's 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 huge. Like that's that level of versatility is something the Hawks haven't had since Paul Millsap left. And, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be good to have somebody a defensive anchor just playing thirty plus minutes every night in Hunter and he's probably already he's probably already the best defender on the team and I wouldn't be shocked if he's one of the better um you know, he he's got a real good chance to be one of the better two way uh, wings in the league already. Just based on the small sample size that we've seen in preseason, but he's looked really good and like the praise you're hearing from Lord Pierce and the other players about Hunter appears to be legit. Yeah, you mentioned being exciting about the the switching with John. I, I was excited about when he doesn't switch when it's you know when it's a a five man, and there's a pick, and he fights through it, and he still contests the shot because he's just that big and he's that strong that he can, and he's that persistent that he just goes through it, gets a hand up, you know, either contests a shot or a couple times I think he's blocked it. I mean, it's just. That's just so unbelievably night and day to what the Hawks had last season in that capacity. And, you know, he's like him and Reddish have both looked really good defensively, I would say. Like yes. Reddish, I, I've been really impressed with what Reddish is doing off the ball in particular. Exactly. Um, yes. as, a help, as a help defender, like yes. he's been, you know, this is something me and Brad were gushing over really with Cam uh, on, on his podcast, but like, just to reiterate, like, he's just – he's a smart basketball player. Like, for somebody that young to be that knowledgeable where he needs to be on the floor at the defender when he when, – when his guy doesn't have the ball, like, that's been incredible. Like, he's, he's, he's put out – like, Cam has put out a lot of fires as a defender um, just by moving his feet and being where, where you know, the offensive player doesn't ex- expect, you know, an off-ball def- defender to be. He's been, he's been fantastic on that end. And, you know, both – both Hunter and Reddish project like I would. I wouldn't be shocked if they're both really good defenders early in their career. And that's something you don't typically say for uh, young basketball players in this league. Yeah, I mean Reddish is so young, and people, I don't know. He's got. He's got a. He's not where Hunter is in terms of strength, obviously. So people might focus, you know, with what he does on the ball and say, well, he's bad. But I bet the numbers, when you look at the lineups that he's in at the end of the season, you know, what what happens when he's on the floor, I think they're going to be very good just because he's he's really aware off the ball. He uses his size to kind of get away from the person he's guarding and just kind of cover a whole lot of the floor. Uh, there was one time he got beat back door, but it took a perfect pass to get him. And he was he was playing way off his guy, and it still took a magnificent pass to beat him. Just because he was, 
he was kind of guarding somebody in the corner and was just way off of him and was aware and had his arms out. And he just, he takes up a lot of space when he does that. And he knows what he's doing. And I, I think he knows how to play the angles. I'm really excited to see what, what he does off the ball this season. And I think on the ball, he's, he's going to get better over time as he gets I mean, stronger. He, and he he's looks, already he looks, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. I mean, just compared, but compared to like what we've seen from Bimber and Hunter, like he's not as good as those two are, but he right. looks he looks fine. Yes, like he looks fine to me um, on the ball. But really, his his off the ball, like his off the ball defense, has been something the Hawks like. Just in general, both Hunter and Reddish are like two wings the Hawks really haven't had. Yes, like defensively since Tabo Cephalosha. Like just, <laughs> yeah, you know, just just yeah. that that level of impact defender from the wing position is something the Hawks just haven't had since Tabo was here, and so. Like, I think those two guys are going to be a real plus for them this season. Yes. And uh, as bad as the situation for him might have been at Duke offensively, and you talked about that before, I think it was good for him defensively. You know, playing playing with elite defensive talent and just the way, you know, the way they would fly to the ball and just put pressure on teams. I think, I think he comes to the NBA ready. Yeah. Without question, just just due to the fact that um, he probably was always a good defender, just right. based on like even in high school, he, he probably was. It's just something that you know you don't talk about because of his like. I mean, his offensive talents are just so obvious. Uh, even even though the consistency isn't there with him, but the, his offensive talents kind of just overshadow what he does already defensively. Like defensively at Duke, he was really good. Um, you know, he's a, he, he's a high steals guy and. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch him um, off the ball cause havoc. Yep. We kind of started talking about Jabari's defense, but we didn't really talk about it, did we? Because I, I I used that whole thing as a prompt to try to figure out the rotation. But I mean, watching Jabari on defense for a couple of games, what did you see? Um, it's been it's been fun to actually because early in his career. I called. I thought Jabari was probably the softest basketball player in the NBA. Right. Um, he just wasn't physical. He avoided contact. He he never scrapped and never um, got his hands on a ball like ever on the defense. Mm-hmm. So it's been good to see. It's been good to see his evolution on that front. Where you know you watch him and he's just competing out there. Um, he's being physical. He's using his length. He's using his strength to his advantage. He's getting. He's getting two balls and like. I think the important thing is that he's communicating. Like he's clearly communicating with what 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 he's trying to do to what for what the other guys need to be doing on the floor. Like they're they're all communicating. That's something the Hawks weren't doing at all last season, and so that's been good to see. Um, overall, I, I guess we're just gonna have to see, uh, you know, during the regular season with his defense. But to me, he looks fine. Uh, you know, he's not he he's still not the quickest guy in the world. Like. You don't want him on an island, but right, he's kind of um, top heavy the way I he think, moves a little bit. I, I will say one thing I would look for uh, going forward is that when Jabari and John are on the floor together, like if 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 teams are playing a heavy set big man, I would actually think about putting Jabari Parker on the big instead of John, just for defensive rebounding purposes, uh, just because Jabari is just thicker. Um, and John, like John, like that, that's something, something I'm monitor, I would monitor early on in this season is the defensive rebounding because it's been really bad in the preseason. 
Yeah. Um, it's been it's been pretty bad, and a lot of it is John getting overwhelmed physically. Um, we saw that with Jaleel Okor, and even Jonathan Isaac was was giving him issues. Like, like this is something I brought up. Um, but uh, you know, if the, the Hawks play the Magic again, I would look to actually put John Collins on Aaron Gordon, and then and have uh, DeAndre Hunter guard Jonathan Isaac, just due to the fact that um, DeAndre Hunter is a lot longer than John Collins. Like just just get yeah. more length out against those yeah. guys. And Isaac just high-pointed the ball over Collins all night. Like, he didn't even necessarily get the rebound, but he would keep it away from John. Just Yeah. Like John, John yeah. couldn't get a full hand on the ball. He could At best, he could get a tip. Yeah, yeah. So that that's something I would monitor. And then also, like, when, when John is playing the five, just against certain matchups, like, if, if, you're, if that line is going to be out there, have Jabari play the – the the bigger guy just so that you can have John clean up on the glass. Have Jabari be the be the um bo- the quote unquote box out big and have John be the sweeper and yeah. get the rebound because just in general like the defensive rebounding has been pretty bad though it's only been two games and you know again John was just terrible. <laughs> he was just so bad against the Magic like it's it's kind of hard to really take too much away from that from him but um that. Like defensive rebounding could become an issue when Alex Glenn isn't on the floor. Right. Like that—that's just something to look out for if you're a Hawks fan. But that—that'll be something maybe Evan Turner can clean up as well, just because he's pretty good at at pursuing the basketball right. and boxing out and all that good stuff. Like he's he's really good at being physical at the point, at, at being physical just in general. And so I think if Evan Turner was there, maybe maybe the rebounding wouldn't be such a big an issue. But that has been a concern for the team early on. That, like they, that's that's been my personal biggest concern is that defense rebound they haven't looked good, just period. Yeah, they're going to need some size. I I agree with you with the with the bench thing. It's just that if it's a switching defensive lineup, it's not going to matter that much anyways because these guys are going to be, you know, whatever the matchup is, it's probably going to get tossed a couple of times or at least you know a couple of times every few possessions. Uh, but yeah, having like Reddish at the two or Turner out there, having some additional big guys help is is going to be needed because, uh, you know, they won't have a lot of length when they go to those kind of lineups and there'll be mismatches from the switching. So they'll, they'll need a concerted effort to get there. But Hunter, again, you know, I'm not sure what he's bad at yet because he looks like he's going to be an outstanding rebounder too. Yeah, I mean, he's just, <laughs> I mean, we're gonna fight the hype. Yeah, the, we're, we're riding the hype good. train. Yeah, yeah we just haven't yeah, figured out what he's just, bad at yet. I, I like the one that you brought up, which is you know what happens beyond two dribbles. I do think. Yeah, he's that. That is something like you know him. Like he's not a grab and go guy. Like just him in the open court with the ball in his hands, initiating like that's just not a strength of his yet. Okay. Um and. You know, just overall creation. If he has to do more than the initial two dribble pull up or two dribble drives into the lane, like if he has to do more than that, like you could see him struggling a bit. But I mean, that that's really it. Like other than that, like he's looked fantastic in every aspect of the game of basketball. Even his passing, like he's made a couple of nice sweet dimes into the corner. Yes. Um, like he's just he doesn't he doesn't hold on to the basketball. Like he's just. I mean, considering what the Hawks have had at the Wings the last couple of years, he's a breath of fresh air. 
uh, just his overall impact on the game. So that, I think that's going to be that's going to be like Hunter is going to be a strength for this team, and that's something that Hawks couldn't say they've had at the wing position again since Jamari Carroll and Tabo Cephalosi were here. So that that's a boom. Yeah, I mean Demari was fine. Tabo was better. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not just better defensively, but just better overall. Like when he was on the floor, some of those lineups were just mean. Well, I digress. He's a rocket. That's so weird. All yeah, right. I mean, if Tabo's healthy, he should help them out. But you know, that's that's just been a problem. Yeah. Because, I don't know, in the past, maybe it'll be different this year, but in the past, the Rockets' solution to everything has been going smaller, going smaller. Like, when things get tough in the playoffs, go smaller. He, he might be their backup center by the time the season is over. For P.J. Tucker. <laughs> exactly. <gets> excited. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, is there anything we're missing? Not really. We didn't talk too much about Trey Young overall, but I think he looked really good. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he um, is. Is he more attentive to defense? Does it, does it look like he's headed oh, that way? That, I guess. I guess that's something I didn't say on here, but uh, yeah, he's looked, he's looked really good defensively. <laughs> yeah, he's um, paying attention. Really, uh, yeah, and he's playing. He's just been a lot more physical overall. Yes. Um, he's also stealing rebounds now. So that's going to be something to watch out for. He's going to get five <laughs> rebounds a game. Yeah, but it looks like it looks like he's got a mindset that he needs to grab more rebounds, which is good overall. But he got a lot I last imagine. season. Like he wasn't a bad rebounder uh, last season. He got like yeah. four rebounds a game. He's like a spit nothing. He was a rookie who's. Uh, oh, he I, was I a good rebounder. I, I wouldn't say he was. A he good got more rebounder. rebounds than Jaron Jackson Jr. last year. Come on. Um, that's. I, I wouldn't say Trey Young was a good rebounder last year because, uh, like I said, it, it, he's he's fighting overall. Overall, Trey Young is just fighting a lot more. Um, he's not he's not he's not just letting every single big man screen him uh, anymore. He's not dying on screens. He still he's dies fighting. on screens some. That's like the one thing I'm still a little worried about. But I think part of that's just communication. He's playing with a whole lot of new bigs. But it's good to see that he is communicating. Like, he is, like, when he does switch, like, they, they, there have been a couple of plays where he switches on a big man and he's immediately asking they for They do the scram like they're switch, immediately yeah. switching off. Yeah. yeah, doing scrams. Like, that's been, yeah. again, something they weren't, like, a lot of this stuff that they're doing on defense is stuff they were not doing at all last season. Right. And so it's, it's, been, it's been good to see them early on in the preseason um, fight and compete on that end of the floor because that – I mean, let, let's be honest. That's that's the biggest weakness of this team is defense. The offense is going to be there once they once they stop, you know, giving the ball up twenty five percent percent of every possession. You know, once, once their turnovers come back back down to reality, they're going to be a good offensive team overall. It's just can they get stops? And you know, so far so good. Um, you know, the Pelicans game is a bit weird to talk about that game. Their defensive impact just due to the fact that to me. That game was more about getting cardio in. Like it, I think it was pretty clear. Lloyd Pierce wanted them to wanted them uh, more to just play as hard as they can without really thinking too much. Like there wasn't really much schem- schematically they were doing on defense. Whereas against the Magic, they were pretty locked in, and that's 
that's good to see. So we'll see if that carries into the regular season um, with them overall as a team. Yeah, I just with Trey, I just feel like to to go back a little bit, like even just like in transition, like transition defense, like there's just more, just more physicality, more effort, more awareness of what's about to happen. I don't know, and and he, just like I mean, away from the ball, like he, yeah, away from the ball, he's more. He had, a, he, had a, he had a highlight play against you know against uh, Brandon Ingram and Zion, two guys who should just easily go through him and. You know, he, he caused the turnover like that. Yeah. You, you know, he didn't give up on the play. Like, that's that's huge. Like, is he should be the worst. Like, Trey Young last season was probably either the worst or the second worst defensor, defender in the NBA last year. Right. And that should not happen. Right. Like, that should never happen in his career ever again. He should never be that bad. Like, like he, all, all his, all his uh, limitations aside, there's no way – somebody that young that quick and the he has good hands like he should be better than than what he was last season I would, and I would suspect and everything like all of, his brain power on offense should help him on defense too like he's such a smart exactly. player on offense like if you're if you're that aware on offense you should be aware on defense too because it's just role reversal and just don't fall for the things that you're trying to pull off on the other end and it seems like he's he's craftier yeah, to and go with the effort. Just oh, yeah, and the effort is there. And overall, like I feel like you know, since Trey Young is as extremely online as he is, I would imagine he he got tired of being told <laughs> that he's the worst defender ever, the worst NBA right. defender of all time. Like I, I would imagine, I would imagine that 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 got that that fuels his fire enough to where, at least you know, early on in the season, he's going to show out defensively now. Now, with me, both with him and Jabari Parker, it's going to be interesting to see if game 35, game 47, you know, game 52 of the regular season, you know, they're playing with this level of type of effort and intensity on the defensive end. Um, that That's going to be something to monitor as the season goes on. Because I, I would suspect early on, like, Trey's going to give the effort defensively. But we'll see as the season goes on if, if, it, if that fire stays there for him. Right. That's fair. Uh, speaking of Jabari again, we keep kind of going in and out, uh, but to bring him back up again, where do you think he is body wise? Like, does he look physically like he's where he's supposed to be? Is he is he is he heavy? Does he look like he's still trying to sort it out, or does he look sort of strong and assertive? I, I don't know. I, I he has such a weird body type for the way he plays, though. Yeah, like it it is bizarre. Um, so I I don't know. He looks. I mean, he's moving fine to me. Um, like, I, that's that's really all I care about. Would he would he pass the heat coach, quote unquote, Miami heat culture? No, probably not. He's not in that type of shape. But uh, he looked to me. He looks good. Uh, he's moving well. Um, I mean, he's just a strong guy too. So, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see with him. But uh, yeah. to me, he looks fine. I just. You know, I, He's like a mirage to me. It's like one time I look at him, and it's like, oh, you know, and then another time you look at him, and like, wait, no, he looks fine. And I don't know, he, he's got the vertical burst. I mean, he had the vertical burst last season. Sometimes he just looks a little bit heavy, and then I don't know why. And then you look at him again, and he doesn't look heavy. I think that's just, like you said, it's his body type. I don't think he's ever going to look mean, like. It's the, the same with, like, Tobias Harris. Like, you know, the, yeah, those guys have example. that type of body. <laughs> it's like. 
it, it depends on the day with them. Like you right. really, they're not, they're not, you know, they're not. He's never going to be John Collins uh, ripped. So right. it's it's kind of hard to tell if you know they're in or like even James Harden like. Yeah. Certain guys just have that type of body, um, with the upper body. But I mean, his lower. I mean, his like he's not he's not fat. Like we put it no. that way. No, like, definitely His lower not. body looks good. Yeah. Um, and even like his gait though, good, like but. he'll. You watch him go full bore, and it's like, okay, he looks strong and quick. And then you watch him just kind of do his half trot, and he just kind of, I don't know. He almost looks like he's limping or something. Not That's not the right term, but it's just, I don't know. He he runs like a 75-year-old man when he's not going full speed, if that makes sense. <laughs> right? I don't know if it's like a self-preservation thing, but like when he's going full bore, he's going full bore, he looks good. And then, you know, when it's time to just kind of do the half trot, he just kind of drags, like, oh my goodness. I don't know. I think that's just the way he is. He just kind of strikes me as old man-ish. What is he, 25, 24? He's 24, isn't he? Oh my goodness. Yeah, 24. He's, yeah, and he just he strikes me as an old man on the court when you watch him, and he's not in the middle of some extreme physical activity. He just kind of carries himself like an old man. I don't know. Maybe that's where we should stop. I'm probably insulting people at this point. Hey, you're the one who's in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get shit for it, probably. Oh, well. Alas. All right. Well, thank you, Tyler. Go watch that. Oh, you're not going to go watch the Falcons game. No, I got other things to do. 